Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, I kind of do need a microphone, Jack, but I get it. Welcome in. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio with you for the next three hours. Blessed to have that opportunity. Blessed to have you as a part of my audience. My name is Jason Martin. Big shocker there, considering that's the name of ye old program. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Our telephone number is 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. And we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com. Get yourself a free rate quote. Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley, the trifecta. They're spinning the dials radio style for me out in L.A. tonight, this morning. It's dark outside, whatever. I guess it depends on how intoxicated you are as to what time of day you actually believe it to be. Hopefully you recognize that it's dark outside. Hopefully you also recognize how blessed you might be in your life. I am incredibly blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. And uh, it's a good time in my life to be sure. I'm a little bit shook right now, just sort of emotionally. Let me just tell you this off the start. And we're going to have Jeff Schwartz, my good buddy. Uh, he's going to join me for about 20 minutes coming up in the next segment. Of course, he will he has a lot to say about Patrick Mahomes and that injury, and that's where I want to start with tonight as well. But we're just going to talk a lot of NFL, so that's going to be fun. So stick around for that. But why am I emotionally shook? Don't get too excited or too worried here. I am a television critic and a film critic and have been for a while, and I spent the last couple of hours watching Watchmen, which will premiere on HBO tonight, I guess, or Sunday night, wherever you are. And I'm going to talk about more, talk about it more later, but let's just say it packs a punch 
right out of the gates. The first 12 minutes of that are about as intense as 12 minutes could be, especially when there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to know what exactly is going on, but they're going to be riveted to the screen. Also, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score, which is all I need to say in terms of how good the music is on this show because the social network soundtrack is still the thing that I go to the most when I am writing or when I'm putting together a show, when I'm just trying to think. That thing works like gangbusters, and this Watchmen score is phenomenal. Anyway, we talk sports off the top here at the very least. We'll talk some more Watchmen maybe a little bit later on in the show. The big story is Patrick Mahomes still as the NFL is set to play. And we're going to do our college rankings in the second hour of this show. We will break down every NFL game let you know what we think is going to happen in the third hour. I'll take uh, I'll take my lumps for the things I got wrong and give credit to the crew that got some things right and take my bows for the things that I got right as well. But a dislocated kneecap for the cover athlete of this year's Madden. And yeah, you can say it's a Madden curse. The Madden curse was never worse than the Antonio Brown version, at least to this point. Maybe there's a reclamation project there. But on Thursday Night Football, which opens up its own can of worms relative to why are these games being played on short rest, seems like there's a lot of injuries, blah, 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 blah. It's the same course that's always there. It's nothing new. But when it's this guy who's so much fun to watch, even if you're not a Chiefs fan, and I'm not a Chiefs fan. In fact, I'm a Denver Broncos fan. I didn't want to see Patrick Mahomes go down. I don't want to see guys go down that I'm not a fan of in terms of even guys that I, I imagine I wouldn't like in real life or even things that I've heard, you know, things like that. It's not like I want to see Aaron Rodgers go down, and I've never met him. He might be a great dude. I don't want to see Ben Roethlisberger go down. You want to see these guys go down. You want to see him play. You want to see him on the field. You want to see him doing what they do best. And nobody at the quarterback spot is more exciting to watch in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes and we're not going to get to watch him for at least three weeks and the usual suspects jumped on this immediately and started proclaiming that how dare Andy Reid ask him to sneak and the truth of the matter is if he was in the game that means he was healthy enough to be in the game the quarterback sneak works i think it's 71 percent of the time to get the necessary yardage i mean look at how often tom brady does it you want to talk about somebody that is they are extremely cautious with and who has played through much of his career without being hurt a lot of times because they've protected him and even the rules have protected him but he'll sneak and he's one of the greatest we've ever seen do that if Pat and the problem for Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes got banged up against Jacksonville in the first game of the season and then he tweaked his ankle it may have been or shin or something just this past Sunday and then four days later he's called into action against Denver and something goes wrong so you can find whatever scapegoat that you need to here It all gets to the same spot. Patrick Mahomes is not going to play. I don't think you can blame the quarterback sneak because you don't put him in if he's not able to execute that play. Not meaning for that down, meaning in that game. If he's not healthy enough to be out there to do a quarterback sneak, he's probably not supposed to play. If he's out there, then you assume that he can do what he does. Yeah, you could err on the side of caution, 
But that's not how the game is played, and I'm sure that's not how Patrick Mahomes would want the game to be played either. But what I found fascinating was a take that a few people, I think Therese Paler may have had this take, but I know that Robert Mays did. And I'm going to talk to Jeff about this coming up. What if the Chiefs went ahead and just said, you know what, we're going to shut Patrick Mahomes down until week 12. We're going to surrender that we're not going to win the AFC and that the road to the Super Bowl is going to go through Foxborough because it pretty much is anyway, even if Mahomes was playing every game at this point in time. When you look at the Patriots' schedule, how good that defense is and what they're capable of and what their history tells you, it looks a lot better for the Pats than it does for the Chiefs in terms of getting the overall number one seed. Now the first round by... That might go out the window, but that might go out the window with Patrick Mahomes out for three weeks. If you feel like that's the case, then why not rest him long enough to where he comes back in for the final month of the season, and then he's a little bit fresher as we get to the playoffs. I think the argument can be made that the Texans end up with the bye. And if you kept out Mahomes, think about the next four games for the Kansas City Chiefs beginning on the 27th of October against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, then against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. So two NFC North ball games in a row for Kansas City. Then they come here to Nashville where I do this show from and play against the Tennessee Titans and maybe Ryan Tannehill or maybe Marcus Mariota or who really cares, Matt Moore will beat the Tennessee Titans in Nashville if that's who it is. And then they play against the Chargers, a division game, and one the Chargers will almost assuredly have to win just based on them being 2-4 and four right now. That's just the next month. He could maybe be back for that Chargers game. That slate then, if he comes back against the Chargers, is he plays against the Chargers, then he plays against the Raiders, who are second in the division right now, then goes to New England, then plays against Denver again, and then goes to Chicago. That is treacherous, to say the least. If he were to come back in Week 12, then you go ahead and you give up you know, five more games or so. You bring him back against New England on the 8th of December. And then he plays New England, Denver, Chicago, and the Chargers. And then you get to the postseason. Because the Chiefs are not going to drop out. Matt Moore is not an awful backup quarterback. It's not like he's a superstar. He would have been in the league, and he's 35 years old to boot. But there have been times when he's been average, and they have so many weapons, and Andy Reid's offense is so good that you would think that Matt Moore is going to be more serviceable than a lot of guys. And maybe they go find a veteran. Names that you would expect, and maybe some that you wouldn't. Bill Barnwell put on an interesting list that started with Nick Foles because of Minshew mania in Jacksonville. I don't think that they could do it just because of the money involved. I just don't know if they could actually make the maneuver to get it done. But it's intriguing. Mariota's name is on that list as well. Now that he's been benched in Nashville, but the money there and what's going to be required in the future and you're just trying to get somebody that's going to get you there for a month, would you pay what it took to get somebody like that? Or maybe you would go down that Kaepernick route. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you could do here. But the key is not to 
put your Lamborghini back out on the road too soon before everything's been checked, the emissions, and you know that that thing's going to play and perform at its highest level. You don't put you don't rush Mahomes back because you think you need him now. This year might not be a year where the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, but they're built, it feels like, because of the weaponry and the way that a lot of their money has been spent and not spent, that they're in better shape than the Rams. And the Rams right now, that looks bad, and their money going forward in the future looks really bad. But Mahomes is going to be there for a while. And of course, they're going to pay him whatever it takes to keep him there. But if you don't believe in any way as a Chiefs fan that this year, going for broke this year, when it might not be in the cards, is worth risking who knows what to Patrick Mahomes, then you sit him and you don't even think twice about it. And that's what Robert Mays of the Ringer said. He goes, I would sit him until week 12. I would go ahead and assume that the Texans are getting the first round by and the Patriots are going to be the top seed in the AFC. And then I bring Mahomes back because all you got to do, this is me extrapolating past what he was saying. If they get into the playoffs, the Chiefs are incredibly dangerous if Mahomes is there. Same thing with Drew Brees and the Saints. Whenever, if ever, he comes back this season. As long as they're still in position and have not played their way out, and that's not going to happen. The Chiefs are 5-2. and two. They're going to get a wild card at the very least, even if Mahomes did not play for the next eight games. You have to err on the side of caution because this guy is worth it. And you can't put all of your eggs in the 2019 Super Bowl basket and risk, I'm not a medical professional here, but I'd be extremely cautious with this guy. We have seen what it looks like when you are not cautious with a quarterback. What it looks like is a potential MVP and a potential Hall of Famer retiring from the game. And I'm talking about Andrew Luck. Mahomes has shown he's human because he's gotten hit and he's gotten hurt two or three different times this year. This one being the worst. I would be very reticent to rush anything as it relates to this guy. I'll ask Jeff Schwartz about that when we come back. Of course, his brother plays for the Chiefs um, on the offensive line, and so he watches Chiefs games incredibly closely as a result, and he loves Pat Mahomes, and I'm sure he will definitely have thoughts on this, so I will talk to him about that. I'll talk to him about what's happened here in Nashville as well with Marcus Mariota getting benched for Ryan Tannehill. Today we're going to see Tannehill versus Rivers as the Chargers come to nashville and what's wrong with the cowboys there's there's a lot of nfl to talk about in fact if you have thoughts on the nfl we'll take them as well at 877-99 on fox that's 996-6369 plus college rankings a spoiler free review of Watchmen coming up as well so stick with us here i might even talk some aew i sure want to i'm really enjoying that product we'll be right back this is the jason martin show here on fox sports radio this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome back. Want to hear something amazing? Other than that music, Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. No limit to how much they'll match. Millions of people a year getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Hit the website. It's discover.com slash cash back match. Well, coming up on Thursday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern time here on Fox Sports Radio, Clay Travis will be out, and I will be in, along with my good buddy Jeff Schwartz, who played eight years on the offensive line in the NFL, now the host of the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. He joins me right now, as a matter of fact, from Charlotte, North Carolina, on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz. And Jeff, I assume that you don't have any inside information on Patrick Mahomes that you'd like to share with us? That drove me nuts watching that on Twitter. People were like, oh, well, his brother plays for the Chiefs, so let's see what he'll tell us. As if you would actually tell information if you got it. <laughs> and my dad texted me today. My dad's in Israel, by the way. He just went to Israel. First mm. trip ever in Israel. He texted me today. He's like, yeah, you talked to Mitch. Um, how's Pat doing? I'm like, Dad, first of all, Mitch doesn't know how Pat's doing because Mitch is on a vacation. He is out of town. He went to give up their office weekend. He left Kansas City. And first of all, like Pat's not telling him right away. Like no one's telling like I don't know if there's some people think there's like some big text chain where everyone shares their injury information. The first thing Mitchell learned from it will be from Twitter probably or from or from the trainer that tells I don't know how he learns about it, but yeah, and Mitch First of all, he would might may or may not tell me, but uh, I purposely do not ask him for stuff because, like, I want to talk about the Chiefs in my own voice. And even though the Chiefs probably already think Mitch tells me everything, um, he does not. Like, I just like to talk about them as I would normally. Uh, every other team, uh, every now and then, I ask him for stuff, but I really don't ever use it on the air. Um, I definitely don't ask him about personnel decisions. Like, hey, who's starting this week? Is Tyreek Hill playing? Because he probably doesn't even know, and nor do I really care to know. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that. I don't know if you're like me, but ever since I've actually become a radio host and a writer, honestly, 
I don't read and or listen to nearly as much anymore for for very similar reasons in that I don't want their opinion to all of a sudden become mine and inadvertently plagiarize my own takes. And then secondarily, I guess maybe there's a little bit of a pride factor in that I kind of like to be in my own world as if I'm the only one that can do this. I've tried to kind of put that out, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I totally get that. Like, you don't need Mitch Schwartz's take on the Kansas City Chiefs. You need Jeff Schwartz's take as an observer, as neutral as you can be to what the Chiefs are doing, because that's what you're paid to do now. That's what you are. You're in the media, so you have to find a way to be objective. I mean, I know it's tough for Troy Aikman when he's calling Cowboys games. I get that. But your takes need to be germane to you and not just be regurgitated information. Yeah, I I like listening to some some podcasts, some sports podcasts, and typically – they're either not around football or they're after I've given my take on the subject, so I can kind of like hear what other people think. I mean, there's, there's opinions I value. Plus, I think, yeah. and, and this is true, I mean, there's styles of radio that I like to listen to because I, I want to either emulate that style because it's successful, and I, I try to pick up you know, bits and pieces. But I, I told you, there's a famous broadcaster, I don't know who it was, who says he never listens to anyone else ever. Like, he, it might, I don't think it was Vince Scully, but someone said, like, they're like, do you listen? He goes, no, I listen to nothing. I call my game, and that's it. I don't listen to anyone else call games. If I watch a TV, it's on mute. I don't want to hear anyone else call a game. I just want to do it my own way because I don't want their voice to be my voice. I forget who did that, who said that, uh, but it makes total sense because you want to have an authentic voice. And it's okay to have the same opinions as other people, um, which I think we often have, but we do yeah. it in our own unique way. So that, that, that's the important part is you want to have – and that's what I do with the Chiefs. I try to have my own takes. And, yeah, I, I know people there and I talk, but but – what I say about them often is not the same as them. Like, I would trade Tyreek Hill, not now with Pat Hurt, but I would, I would trade him for Jalen Ramsey in a heartbeat, um, which is, I would think the Chiefs disagree with me, but that's my own thought and opinion on that. Right, right. Well, what you're saying about the podcast, I mean, I do too. I mean, I there are a few that are, to me, indispensable. I enjoy your cast, and I really – I listen to Robert Mays and Kevin Clark pretty much any time they do anything because I just get a great deal of enjoyment out of it. And then you just have to be careful to cite them. It's almost like a bibliography on my show. I cite them so often. And Scott Kazmar, Football (laughs) Outsiders as well. You just don't want it to always be, well, here's what I saw Robert Mays say. But I know that that's what a lot of this is. And speaking of which, this is what Robert Mays tweeted earlier this afternoon. My belief is that Kansas City should park Mahomes on the bench through their Week 12 bye. Gives him six weeks to rest, and Oakland has Green Bay, Houston, and Detroit over that stretch. They'd still have the inside track in the division when he comes back. Home field likely not feasible anymore. The road to the Super Bowl goes through New England. A first-round bye still in play, but I'm not sure that pursuit is worth having the MVP at anything less than full strength. And then he says he thinks if he was betting now, the Texans would end up the number 2 seed in the AFC. They already have a tiebreaker over the Chiefs as well. So when you hear that, how do you feel about Mays' theory there? Because I think he's the only one I've seen that says he would park him that long, even though it looks like the prognosis has him maybe being back in three weeks. Yeah, uh, Therese Paler, who writes for Yahoo, who covered the Chiefs forever in Kansas City, kind of wrote the same thing this morning. He said, look, um, you know, if there is all any long-term damage that can happen if Pat, if Pat plays this year, you don't play him. And, and look, generally speaking, this is what I've gathered from this injury, just like listening to, to Dr. David Chow talk about this or a couple other people that I trust, medical opinions, is that, you know, it, 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 that, that patella will, will keep dislocating until it gets fixed. It's going to have to be fixed. It's just a matter of when you do it. You're going to do it now, obviously, or after the season. And it's a matter of in, uh, pain management. And then if, of course, he did some ligament damage, which is, it appears that he doesn't have any ligament damage. So 
it really depends on, on how you feel if you're the Chiefs. Like, hey, do we let him rest, you know, six weeks like May says, four weeks, three weeks? Um, is the swelling going down? Is there stability in his knee? How's he feeling at practice? I mean, very well could be. Four weeks from now, the Chiefs decide, look, he's getting a surgery now, and we're getting ready for 2020. I mean, it could, it could be one of those things where we just don't know maybe week in and week out how it's going to be, but it sounds like he will have to have surgery at some point. It's just a matter of when that is, um, and a lot of it depends on their season. If they lose the next three or four games, are you going to put him in? Because they go – the Packers and Vikings at home, they go to the Titans and have the Chargers on Monday night four weeks in a row. So if Pat's out those four games, they lose all four of them. You know, they're now five and six. Um, even if they go three and one, they're six and five. Are you, are you going to bring him back to push for – you know, the four seed or right. five seed or six seed. So I don't, I think there's some real questions here about what the Chiefs ought to do. And if I would lean on the side of caution, um, because look, this is the thing about it is, is I never thought the Chiefs would beat the Patriots this year. I thought the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl again. So the Chiefs not winning the AFC is not something that is out of my mind. I thought they weren't going to win anyways. So there's a lot of people that have to come to the realization that, that, that probably wasn't going to happen anyways. And so having a healthy Pat in 2020 is more important than trying to push through an injury-riddled season this year when the Patriots are just better right now. What you said about the AFC and the Patriots in general, I mean, I agree with. Outside of the Patriots, who can you even trust right now? What does this mean for the AFC? Like, I mean, obviously it's bad for the league because you want to see somebody this dynamic and this fun to watch out there. But the Chiefs and the Patriots were kind of the two teams you were looking at, even though the Chiefs had fallen on a couple of losses and all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes looked, well, maybe not super heroic, but certainly still fantastic. But now what does this mean? Because you don't look at anybody else in the AFC and say, I can trust that team other than New England, right? No, I'm with you here. I don't think you can. I mean, look, look, look at Houston, right? So I, I didn't lose the Colts this weekend, first of all, um, in, in, in the off a bye. Do you trust Bill O'Brien to lead his team to New England to win a playoff game? New England hasn't lost a home playoff game in nine years, by the way. And when they've lost those playoff games, there was the Jets and the Ravens, and they had great defense. Right. Houston doesn't strike me as a great defense. And look, I know people have said the Patriots have played nobody through their defense is legit. It's really good. That, it, that does not matter. Um, and you look at, at who? The, the Bills? The Bills are not going to Foxborough winning a playoff game. No. The Raiders? The Raiders are not. The Chargers are not. The Colts are not. I mean, there's no team besides the Chiefs who could have a really good game that go into Foxborough and win. So, unfortunately, I think it's pretty much a done deal unless, of course, Brady gets hurt. Um, and look, I think the Chief, I think the, the Patriots, I should say, well, they'll make a move to get themselves a wide receiver. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders in Denver. Um, they'll find a way to get themselves a couple players they need. Ben Watson is back at tight end, which will help them a little bit offensively. Um, and yeah, look, NFC though is is wide open. So at least we have one conference where um, I don't know if there's a, a great favorite right now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of flawed teams in the AFC. So here's where I really want to ask you, because obviously you know Oregon very well, and you still cover the Pac-12 incredibly closely. You see Mariota on Sunday. You see Ryan Tannehill come into that game. That's been the debate all week. Vrabel has said he's going to go with Ryan Tannehill. It seems to signal the end of the Mariota era, because it's basically telling him, look, we don't have faith in you long term. Now, who knows? I still think Mariota probably plays again before the end of the year, and I don't think anybody thinks that Tannehill is a savior, but... 
What do you think about Mariota's quote from a couple of days ago where he said, till the day I die, I will think that I gave it all that I had? Because my take on it Wednesday on my show was, I believe 100% not only that he thinks that, but that that's absolutely true. I just don't know that his best is good enough on an NFL level to carry a team to a Super Bowl, for example. Well, I think that's a debate. And I wrote about this for SB Nation. Uh, I think it came out this morning. You know, I, I just... I think that injury to Marcus Mariota in 2016, um, just kind of not, not, not consciously, but kind of subconsciously kind of zapped some of the superpowers from him. Because I think that year, if you look at his, his ratings, his, his stats, the way he threw the ball downfield, it was the one time in his career he really pushed the ball downfield. He was able to run with his legs. And he just kind of never regained that same kind of superhero type athleticism. He, he had it, but he just never really showed it. He stopped throwing the ball downfield as much. He stopped being aggressive. The protection got worse. And then that whole kind of the whole mess of the you know lack of protection sometimes, not trusting your body, not seeing what you think you see, led to some indecisiveness on his part. Didn't help. He had four coordinators in five years. Um, you know, obviously, had three head coaches now. I mean, look, when you're a head coach that's fired your rookie year, that's a sign of a bad organization, right? Because if they if they trust your you know Ken Wisdom not to draft Mariota. I should trust him to keep that job afterwards. And I just think he he never got a, not equals the wrong words. I think he got a fair opportunity, but he just I, I think that injury really zapped some from him and then the coaching and the, the pass protection. But I think really to your point, because yeah, I don't know if he's ever gonna be that guy or ever will be that guy or was that guy ever. Um and it's okay. Look, I I don't I don't consider him a bust. I mean he made the playoff twice, won a playoff game. Um, he'll probably sign somewhere next year and, and be a, a priority backup somewhere, maybe start somewhere, and maybe he rejuvenates his career. But yeah, he's probably not good enough to to be a, um, a you know a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, there's not many of them, but you're probably right about that. So I've heard this sort of speculated and just kind of questioned as to how much of this is the organization's fault because that's the thing in Nashville because and and I actually was I did a radio hit in Knoxville yesterday and they asked me about it and I said man this would be so much easier and it wouldn't be nearly as big a debate if Marcus Mariota was a jerk but unfortunately he's not he has all-time character (laughs) attributes he's incredible intangibles everybody loves him even his opponents absolutely love him there was a story about AJ Brown the, the rookie wideout who came up crying uh, and and apologized to him on Sunday in Denver for not giving him more help, like taking it on himself and saying, "I'm sorry, we didn't do enough for you." That's what that guy means in this locker room. So I I, I just continue to say, and, and I heard this argument posited that if he was in Tampa Bay, how good would he be? If Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota flip spots, Jameis wouldn't make the Titans any better. But how much better would Mariota make the Bucks potentially because of the weaponry that they, that they have around him? And I think the degree to which you answer that question is the degree that you blame the Tennessee Titans for what's happened to Mariota. So where are you on that? Like, if he was in Tampa, would it be better or would it basically be the same? I think it'd be the same. I think it'd be the same. Um, maybe a little bit better, but not really to the level you thought when you drafted him. I, I, I just... No, I, I don't think it's that much better. Um, I mean, you know, I think maybe if he had Bruce Arians his whole career, who's there now, obviously, uh, he might have had a chance if he had Andy Reid during his career, or or any of these, you know, Doug Peterson or Sean McVay or or Sean Payton, and some of these offensive gurus. Maybe he had an opportunity to be something different. Um, but I also think he came into the NFL like three years too early. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you come in the NFL now, you know, with the way that offenses are structured and they're structured a little bit more like college, they're not all of them like that. He might have more of an opportunity. But remember, they tried to get him to be a pocket passer, right, and try to be you know something he's not, uh, the exotic smash mouth, and just that's not really him. And so. Um, and it's a, a bunch of combination of stuff, and I hope you know he does well. It's really nice. So I, I met him for the first time in 2016, I think, at the, at the San Francisco Super Bowl at the Radio Row, and I never met him before. And he went to Oregon way after I did. And yeah. His first year was like 11, and I was graduated in 07. I'd not been back to a game at that point. Um, and so I went up to Marcus, and I don't do this very often to, to people I don't know. And I said, "Hey, Marcus, Josh Schwartz here, former Duck. Just want to say, and you know, thank you for everything you've done at Oregon. Uh, you know, you won the Heisman there, obviously, and I you know, thanked them and said, good luck in NFL.' He said, "Oh yeah, Jeff, I don't know who you are. Nice to meet you too." And I was like, "You don't know who I am, but I appreciate that you were nice enough to pretend." Like I just that was very nice of them. <laughs> so well. <laughs> Who were we more wrong on? Because we talked about how Dallas probably was going to be good, and we talked about the Atlanta Falcons, and we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, the Steelers have had some injury issues. The Falcons have a coach issue, and I don't know what else is wrong with them, but that defense is an embarrassment. And now the Cowboys have come really down to earth. Now, they were missing their top two wide receivers on Sunday, but you still can't lose to the Jets in Sam Darnold's first game coming back from mono. And now I see Stephen A. Smith on my television this morning, or I see it via Twitter because I don't watch Stephen A. Smith on my television, saying that the Cowboys have nothing to lose by signing one Antonio Brown. That's fair. They don't have anything to lose. Um, well, look, the Falcons are easily the most disappointing team. I mean, I, they, they have been, and more defensively, I mean, they have been atrocious on defense. Um, and that is Dan Quinn's specialty, right? He is he is um, a defensive mind. And when you're a defensive mind, you, you, you cannot be um, terrible on defense. It would be, would be like Champagne being terrible on offense. Like That's your, that's your job. So I think Atlanta to me is disappointing. The Fal- uh, um, the Cowboys are an interesting one because you know the defense hasn't been as good as we thought um, for whatever reason. It maybe aged a little bit. Just the pass rush hasn't been as good. Uh, but then also offensively, the last three weeks, I know they played better teams, but it looks like Jason Garrett took over the offense again. I mean, no play action yeah. pass, boring, bland again. Uh, you know, we can't we can't keep, always complain every time Tyron Smith gets hurt or left tackle about you know Dak not being very good that week. I'm tired of that whole game, but nonetheless, um, the Cowboys still have an opportunity to be really good. The, the Falcons don't, and you saw that Pittsburgh. Their defense has been actually played really well, which is what I thought with Devin Bush. But the problem is obviously they have a third string quarterback, so uh, their season's pretty much done. NFC, which should be and still is very interesting for a number of different reasons. The Rams, Jared Goff did not look good on Sunday, but I think maybe the bigger story is that division. Seahawks look really good, even though they've won some close football games, which could have gone the opposite way. But look, a lot of a lot of champions, you have to win some close games to get there. And then the 49ers. I know by like DVOA statistics, they're in the top 10 of football teams all time at this point. Now, their opponents haven't been particularly impressive yeah. all the way throughout, but how good are the San Francisco 49ers right now, and how much of that is Garoppolo, or could you throw any one of about 14 or 15 quarterbacks into that offense the way that it's set, and they'd still be undefeated? Well, I think your your question, I think you could throw in about 12 quarterbacks in that offense would be fine. I mean, Shanahan's an offensive genius. He made Matt Ryan the MVP. Um, you know, Jimmy G's 
been good, but nothing. I wouldn't say terribly special this year. But what's special with the Niners? I wrote about the say actors asked in the mailbag about the chances to to be contenders. Their defense, um, their pass rush is outstanding, and we, we we've seen now the last ten Super Bowl champions, right? Whether you're going to the the Patriots or the Eagles, and the Patriots or the Seahawks or the Broncos, right? I mean, their pass rushes are all outstanding. You go to the Giants in, in eleven, um, right? It's all about pass rush. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, the Niners have that. D. Ford, uh, Bosa's been fantastic. Buckner, Armstead, Solomon Thomas. Um, but to add, I said, to add to that, their secondary, their secondary last year was in the bottom third, near the last in, in the NFL. I think football is on the 27th. Right now, at least they're passing me. They're past defenses, not the secondary. They're past defense in general. Um, so you have one of the best passers in the NFL. And one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. They might be related a little bit. Um, that to me spells recipe for success, especially in a really tough division uh, like like you know the West is. So I think I think they're for real, Jason. I think that they are a legit contender to win the NFC. If Marcus Mariota was a quarterback for Kyle Shanahan, what would the record be? I think like three and two. Mm. That's pretty. That's pretty damning, Jeff. That's, with what you just said about the I mean, defense just, I, and with what we've seen, I, I know that's I mean, hard I just to say. I just, I just, Mariota looks like a player with no confidence. Yes, Agreed. and and you can't you can't play this game without confidence. Like interesting, people talk about um, you know I use Baker Mayfield for example because we talk a lot about Baker yep. and we know Baker. Like I like the confidence. I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with cockiness from the quarterback position. Really, anyone in the NFL should have a little bit of, of confidence. And understand that they're a bad human. It's just it's it's, it's harnessing that cockiness in the positive light. I feel like Baker Mayfield's done it to the detriment of his of his play. And so it's okay to be to have an ego. It's okay to be confident. It's okay to to know what you're doing. Um, and so I just don't feel like Mariota doesn't, or at least hasn't really exuded confidence, in my opinion. And so does going to the Niners help? Would, would that help? Maybe, but. I haven't seen it in the last couple of years, and so that's uh, to me kind of a, an issue with Mariota. There's no confidence. I don't know the Shanahan bring it out of him, maybe, but um, I, I don't, I'm not certain. And Tannehill, you've seen Tannehill. I mean, he's what 31 years old now. You kind of know what that guy is. But and I saw you tweet this on Sunday, and I agree. He won't take some of the bad sacks that Mariota has taken. As somebody that, that follows that and watches the offensive line, I know that you can. the offensive line in Tennessee has been objectively bad. They have not been good this year, but Mariota makes it a lot harder on him because he seems to be unable to throw the football away. That's one thing I think Tannehill can do is get the ball out of his hands, right? Yeah, but you look, the, the, uh, the Times offensive line, great. They're talking on Twitter, though, right? Oh, fantastic. yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're really good at that. Um, good podcast, too, right? Good, good podcasters. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, in this sense, that, you know, this type of stuff when, when you lose that people use against you, right? There's, there's all this extra stuff, right? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I have to hope that that Tannehill doesn't take some of these sacks. I mean, the, Mariota and I broke it down. I think the nine sack game against uh, who's that this year? Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, four of those one four of those one Mariota. He just he just didn't get the ball out, and was part of it was scheme. Um, so I have to hope Tannehill understands the ball's got to be out quickly, on time, in rhythm, and if he can do that, he'll avoid some sacks. Well, 
We'll, we'll see. I think the season's over for Tennessee. I said that on Wednesday night. I think the loss to Buffalo cost you potentially somebody you're going to be dealing with in a wild card scenario, and now they have a head-to-head win over you, and I just don't sense that the second one's coming from a team I just don't buy into in the AFC South. I do buy into you. I buy into Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. I buy into what you're doing. Looking forward to being back in the saddle with you on Thursday. Should be fun, buddy. Take care. That's Jeff Schwartz. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. Let's get to Brian Finley. We got to do it quick. I know. Let's go ahead and get an update from LA. Brian, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Jason? The Houston Astros put on the ski goggles, doused each other with champagne as they partied in the clubhouse after their World Series berth following a 6 4 game six win over the Yankees in the ALCS. Here's what the mayhem sounded like in the clubhouse. Sounds like a party I want to be a part of. The Astros gutted out with the Nationals for Game 1 of the World Series Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox TV. And quickly on the college football front, Alabama winning 35-13 against Tennessee. Quarterback Tua Tungavailoa suffered a high ankle sprain. Head coach Nick Saban concludes Tua will likely miss a week. Back to Jason Martin. Thank you, Brian. Let's go ahead and get to break. I know we kept Jeff long, but it was good content. And when it's good content, look, you make decisions. You make audibles. That's a football term. When we come back... We'll talk a little bit more football, as a matter of fact, and we'll get to our college football rankings in our number two of the program. 877-99 on Fox. Jason Martin Show rolls along next here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play welcome back fox sports radio studios brought to you by geico easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier also let's tell you again about discover and this cash back 
match. They're going to match all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with zero limit to how much that they will match. That's leading to millions of people a year getting all of their cash back matched. It's Discover Cashback Match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. Jason Martin Show finishing up hour number one here on the program. I'm at Jmart Zone. We are 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. Jeff Schwartz joined me there in that last couple of segments. And we talked about a number of different things as related to the NFL. A lot about Titans quarterback situation because it's so interesting with what may or may not happen with Mariota and how both Mariota and Winston had such bad days again at the same time. Sunday and five interceptions for Jameis overseas. And Mariota so bad against Denver that finally Mike Vrabel had no choice but to pull him out of that game. But when you talk about disappointing teams, I think Jeff nailed this. It's got to be the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think anybody thought that their defense was going to be this bad. And when you consider their head coach's Dan Quinn, known for his defense, there's virtually no way he can keep that job. They're 1-5. They're awful they beat Philadelphia, who now looks kind of mediocre as well. They lost. Now, they've played a lot of road games, but they got throttled by the Titans. I mean, the Titans beat them by two touchdowns. The Titans, who've scored exactly seven points in the last ten quarters of football. They gave up 53 to Deshaun Watson. They gave up 34 to Kyler Murray. 27 to Jacoby Brissett. 28 to Kirk Cousins early when the Vikings really looked bad. They're terrible. It's the perfect matchup for the Rams to play them today because Jared Goff needs people to forget about that experience that we saw against San Francisco a week ago. And they're going to get that opportunity because you would expect that against this defense that can't stop anybody, even with True Fun out there, who's one of the best at his position in the league, He's getting torched. They are just Swiss cheese defensively. It is a matador defense. It is, you go there to get yourself right if you're an offense in the NFL. So they are hosting the Rams. So the Rams are coming there. So they're going to put that offense inside. I know things haven't been good for Sean McVay. This could not come at a better time for them. But listen to this for the Falcons' next four games. Rams, Seahawks, at New Orleans, at Carolina. Whoa. That's one and nine. And then you get Tampa Bay, and then you get New Orleans again. They're probably, no kidding, two and ten with Matt Ryan as their quarterback and those weapons. Dan Quinn, bro, you got to go. Pink slip time in Atlanta. Hour number two of the program, Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin. This is, well, it's the Jason Martin Show. Still boggles my mind every time I say that. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. That's nine nine six six three six nine. That's how you reach the Fox Sports Radio studios. Brought to you by Geico, where fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, we started doing this last week, but to open up hour number two during the football season, we're going to do the top ten in college football as I have them ranked after watching all these games all day because we have this just great plethora of football to watch, and there's always craziness because the younger the athlete, the more the chance for unpredictability and craziness. But before I even get to the rankings, 
We haven't brought in the crew yet, and we're going to bring them in a lot as we'll talk about the NFL slate in the third hour of the show. But, Chris, i got to bring you in now because you asked me during one of the breaks about Michigan and you you know, knowing the Big Ten and, and covering that and looking into it. You've heard what I've had to say about Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a situation where Penn State had a better record and probably was a better team, but this was also the year where Phil Steele, who I've had on this show before, and I love him, and I think he's great, he had Michigan in the college football playoff because they finally got a quarterback, and they've lost two games, and yet again, they're going nowhere fast. So what's your reaction to what happened to Michigan? Uh, several thoughts. One, I, I, I get that Penn State was probably the should be the favorite here. They were higher ranked and everything. But I think when people see Michigan roll over and take 21 points on the chin before they do anything, that's already like a pro- that's more of a problem than anything because it's like all right, you're not even being competitive out of the gate. You're just letting them bully you around on, on the on the schoolyard here. And my other thought, and I'm trying to write about this, I've had a major case of writer's block, but Mm -hmm. I don't really have a place to pick it up, but I think this might just be as best as Michigan can hope for. And that's not to say they're bad. They've had good years. Like, they win 10 games. They've won 10 games, like, almost every year except for one. They've been having top 10 recruiting classes in the past few years. They're a good program, but they're at this point, they're at forces beyond their power Harbaugh, I, I don't think I was talking with Michigan fans and I asked them the same questions like, who can you upgrade from Harbaugh to? And I had some people come back with Fickle or with uh, the guy at Boise State, Harson, or uh, a lot of people are saying PJ Fleck as well. I don't think any of those guys want to. I don't either. either. They're not either available, they're not experienced enough, or they're not going to come to Michigan. I think PJ Fleck, not much of an upgrade to go from Minnesota to Michigan, I think, in this day and age. And Ohio State's on this powerful run uh michigan going to school in the midwest isn't as sexy as it used to be this this is i think the problem is is that nothing's really wrong with michigan and that's the scariest part of all you it's easy to look at a program and say oh yeah there's something wrong with this we can fix it just get rid of the coach bring in a new offensive system we can improve recruiting no nothing's wrong with michigan and that's the problem is that i don't think there's an easy fix this is just who you are now this is the reality for Michigan in 2019. This is who you are. Yeah, and that's and they're not going to be good enough. They're a good team, but they're not. Yeah, as you say, it's a good team, but they have aspirations higher than just being good. Yeah, that's the problem, and that's why if you're PJ Fleck, I I mean, there's a huge upgrade in going from Minnesota to Michigan, but there's also an upgrade in what's expected of you because at Michigan, when you go there or when you're when you're at Missouri, and you do whatever. You're you're at Missouri. When you're at Minnesota and you do whatever, you're at Minnesota. There are differences. I guess I'm just picking M schools right now uh, off the top of my head. But Michigan, they expect you to win. They they want you to beat Ohio State. They want you to crush Michigan State. They want you to be in the mix for the national championship every year. And if you want to say in the mix, he's been in the mix because they're always overrated in the preseason. I don't know how much of that is because of Harbaugh or not, but I'll tell you what he did after the game tonight. He spent almost 90 seconds to open his comments going after the officiating. It's a theme in the state of Michigan right now this week after the Lions game, too. Yeah, well, that one, they needed to go after the officials in that game. (laughs) that's, That's a different story. But when you get beat by Penn State, 
And when you're in the situation that you are, these are the things that I talk about when I say your criticisms start to fall on deaf ears and nobody's paying attention to what you have to say anymore. The problem for Harbaugh is he's always been a better talker than he has been a coach, at least since he left Stanford. I mean, he was all right in San Francisco as well, but he wore out his welcome and he was hard to play for. And there were issues there. Maybe he should have stayed there, though, because he goes back to college and he goes to Michigan and all he does is talk crap about the SEC being cheaters and the officiating and all this. Like, you can continue to trot out all those excuses, but only the dumbest sicko fans are going to believe that stuff after a while. Eventually, some of them are just going to say, you know, maybe you're just not as good as you think you are. And a lot of people that talk a lot are doing it to cover up for the fact that there is some level of insecurity there. I don't know that there's insecurity with Harbaugh. I think he might be a little bit off. And I think he's interesting, and I think he's entertaining, and I don't think he's bad for college football. But I do think that it's time to start measuring your expectations as it relates to what Michigan is going to be under Jim Harbaugh. Because this thought that they were going to be right there with Urban Meyer at Ohio State when he was there, or right there with Dabo, or right there with Saban, or even with Kirby Smart, it ain't that way, man. Like, it's... He was definitely... He was on the list, if not the top of the list, of the most overrated persons in sports. I did that list of six. He was on it. I had Gruden at the top of it. I'm going to go ahead and push Gruden down off that for right now. He's still... I still believe he's overrated, but I think Jim Harbaugh is in a class all by himself. And there's a lot of pressure on him there. But I still think that if his name wasn't Jim Harbaugh, he wouldn't have been there as long as he has been even though it's not like they're having losing seasons and they've been disastrous, they're just not beating anybody that matters. Anytime Michigan is playing against a great football team, I just assume they're going to lose. That's not what you want people to think about your football program, especially when you're Michigan and you you know, tout your tradition and all of those things. My top 10 last week changes a little bit this week because, well, football, more football was played and things happened in the world of football. And one team that was in my top 10 last week that some people tried to say was the best team in America got beat by Illinois. Defend your Big Ten, Chris. I know we just talked about Michigan, but Wisconsin lost to Illinois. That can't happen to an undefeated Wisconsin team. I guess maybe they weren't as good as some people thought they were. They do have some talent, but what a Wisconsin thing to do at this point. Usually they cakewalk their way into their side of the Big Ten championship game and find their way further than they probably would otherwise because of some of the people that they avoid. But when you get beat 24-23, to and I know it's at the end of the game, it's not like they were summarily outplayed or anything, but in a position to lose that. And Wisconsin has now lost to a top 10 team, or or as a top 10 team, rather, has lost to an unranked opponent in back-to-back seasons. I don't even know how you would feel right now if you're a Badgers fan, because you went from 6-0 and to out of my top 10, and probably out of the top 10, because that win, or that loss, the win for Illinois, I'm sure that was a fun celebration tonight, but that loss for Wisconsin is dreadful. You know, Absolutely dreadful. You know what the worst part is, too, is that Minnesota is now undefeated, and they're going to have a game with Wisconsin in the, the year. I, I guarantee you Wisconsin's going to win that game now and just screw up the entire Big Ten West. Like That just, needs to yeah. end, first off. There didn't need to be a Big Ten West or a Big Ten East. 
want to go back to what, legends and whatever those no, odd divisions No, how about none? Were? How about just the Big Ten? Like, just one conference ranked top to bottom. We don't need conference sides and all this kind of stuff. That's That's been played out for a long time. But Wisconsin, spoiler alert, not in my top ten anymore, even though they were number six last week. So that means somebody new had to make it into the rankings. And, of course, Penn State had to take a step up in the right direction as well. But that team is at number 10, and it's Oregon. Oregon 6-1, and one, and they beat Washington in one of the better games of the day. Now, Washington is at the bottom of the top 25, but it was a ranked game. It was a conference game. That's always usually a pretty solid matchup. And I've been impressed with what I've seen from Oregon. And at the risk of saying I just don't, I'm not so impressed with anybody else that I felt like they deserved it more than Oregon. So I gave the Pac-12 some love this week. Number nine is Auburn. I moved them up from ten to nine. They're, they're six and one as well. Their loss, they didn't look good, but they didn't look good against a team nobody's looking good against. The number one team in the country for the second week in a row, at least in my rankings. But Auburn is number nine at six and one. Number eight, I've got Florida at seven and one because, well, Florida got them. And Florida outlasted South Carolina. It wasn't super impressive. And, of course, they got beat by LSU last week. But they came back against South Carolina in a game that's kind of ugly and still beat them by double figures. So I'll go ahead and say, all right, I'll keep them at eight. Notre Dame didn't play this week. They're at seven. But I did take Penn State from eight over Notre Dame and move Penn State to six with that win over Michigan. They're undefeated at 7-0. and And now here comes the ranks of the undefeated. Penn State at 7-0 and at six. Trevor Lawrence didn't look very good early in that game, but he looked just fine late. And Clemson just dominated Louisville once they finally kind of got off the schneid, started playing real football, beat them 45-10. to And that's a pretty decent Louisville team under Scott Satterfield, who is a lot better than Bobby Petrino, at least at this stage. So Clemson's still at five. I had them last week at five. I still got them at five. They'll be heard from in the end. They're going to have an opportunity to win the national championship. They will likely be undefeated. They should be undefeated. I think maybe there is something to be said for when you're a three or four touchdown favorite every week, it's hard to get up for some of these games. Even if you're Trevor Lawrence, who I, who is under probably the biggest microscope of anybody in college football right now. Whenever he does anything wrong, watch Twitter. Number four, I've got Ohio State still. I tried to get them higher. I just couldn't quite get there. I did, however, drop Alabama from my number two spot to number three. Now, with Tua, they're still just as good as anybody else. But Tua's going to miss one to two weeks with this high ankle sprain. And this is the second year in a row where he's gotten banged up around midseason. And if you remember, that thing nagged him all the way through the SEC title game where he couldn't finish it and Jalen Hurts had to come in. And I don't think he even looked right against Clemson in the national championship game either. So I've got them at three because without Tua, they are definitely not as good as another team in that conference. And even on that side of the conference. Number two, I've got Oklahoma. 7-0, and dominated West Virginia. West Virginia is not very good, but all you can do is play who's on your schedule. And the only thing that went wrong for Oklahoma on Saturday was the Sooner Schooner going down. And then people going, look, a woman tumbled off the Sooner Schooner. She like rolled a couple of feet or whatever. Dudes rolled over, looked at her for a half second, then went to check on the wagon. And I was proud of myself because I so desperately wanted to make a should have forded the river Oregon Trail joke 
on Twitter, and instead I went with Jim Ross. Maybe I should have gone with the Oregon Trail thing. I thought about saying you have died of dysentery, but I didn't end up going there. I decided to go with the classic JR because of his Oklahoma tie, but I might have missed a chance to go all Oregon Trail, which honestly, I bet you if I just stopped right now and said we're not talking sports for the rest of the show, we're going to talk about memories of you playing Oregon Trail at various Apple 2C computers if you're around my age when we were growing up. I bet that would carry the rest of the show, just discussing hunting, if nothing else. Number one is still LSU. They were number one last week. They're number one this week. I don't think Joe Burrow has had 10 incompletions combined over the last two games. And that's at Mississippi State and against Florida's defense. Whatever it is that Joe Brady is doing for Joe Burrow, there's no way Joe Burrow is ever going to be able to pay him back for it. I don't know how good Joe Burrow is, but I know how good he is with Joe Brady. And I know what we're seeing right now is the kind of thing that can lead to a really high draft pick. Now, he might show up in the combine or something and not be that good whenever it is that that time comes. And they will end up knocking him for that. But he looks accurate. He looks poised. He looks confident. He's standing tall in the pocket. He's just winging balls down the field to other receivers. And just like I said last week, I thought LSU was the number one team in the country a week ago. I think they're the number one team right now. And we are looking to LSU and Alabama, and we are hoping that Tua Tongo Vailoa is healthy by that point because we need that shootout. All those 6 3 Alabama LSU games, which I like because I enjoy a good defensive battle, plus I'm a Bama fan, but looking past that, this thing's got, you know, 55 50 potential. Because neither one of these defenses is what they've been in years past, but these offenses are outrageous. LSU can move the ball will against just about anybody. We saw if you can do that against Florida, you can do that against just about anybody. So that LSU Bama game coming up uh, November the ninth, I believe it is. That's the one we all have on our calendar, and that's the one too. Atonga Valoa needs to be healthy for, and I think that might be one of the biggest reasons why. Nick Saban said he's going to be out one to two weeks because I could see Tua not showing up again on a field for Alabama until that LSU game. And I'm not even saying some Mahomes thing. I, it, it might be a we don't need him, we don't need to get him hurt kind of thing. Um, they're going to need him against LSU. Next couple weeks, they may be able to get by and not have to worry about that. But that's going to be a heck of a game. So that's my top ten. Again, quickly, Oregon enters the top ten after the big win on Saturday against Washington. They're at number 10. Auburn at 9. Florida at 8. Notre Dame was idle. They're number 7. Penn State with a big win over Michigan undefeated at 6. Then Clemson at 5. Ohio State at 4. Alabama at 3. Oklahoma at 2. And number 1 is the LSU Tigers. Your thoughts on the NFL or college? You can tweet me at jmartzone. You can call us at 877-99 on Fox. I want to talk Watchmen. We'll do that at some point during this hour. I also want to talk about Zion Williamson and how TV executives are currently in the fetal position wondering what they're going to do with 30-plus games dedicated to the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the problem because Zion, if he's injured, it doesn't matter how marketable he is if he's not on the floor. That is a bit of an issue, and it starts on Tuesday because right out of the gates they're ready to play a Pelicans game, and they're going to play a Pelicans game on a, with a national you know, cable audience watching that thing. And no Zion Williamson on the floor. Good luck with that. We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to have you with us. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. It's the Jason Martin Show. Almost halfway through this journey here on this Sunday morning. I'm Jay Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can find me there. You can call us at 877-99 on Fox. And if you want to hear something amazing, it's this. It's Discover. They match all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. No limit to how much they'll match. Millions of people a year getting all their cash back match with Discover Cash Back Match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. Zion Williamson. Expected to miss weeks. And all I have to look at is Tuesday on TNT, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Pelicans at Raptors. Real appetizing matchup, or is it? The answer is it's not. It would have been, and I'm the one that told you if you have the option, if you can't get NBA League Pass, but get that like where you get to pick the five teams that you want and get all of their games all year, make sure the Pelicans are one of them. Not just because of Zion, but obviously he's the largest factor. This has not been a good last handful of days relative to injuries in sports Patrick Mahomes goes down on Thursday night football against the Broncos the Zion news we find out from Adrian Wojnarowski on Friday and then Tua Tongo Vailoa goes down against Tennessee on Saturday night for Alabama he's going to miss a couple of weeks just shows again how fleeting a lot of this can be in sports. But if you think about Zion Williamson, I'm not saying this is going to dog him throughout his career. I don't. And I'm not the guy that also thinks he's going to play his way out of the league either. I mean, what he's been doing, and I mean eat his way out of the league, I should say. I mean, he's 6'7", 284. He's a big guy. So maybe he is going to have issues with his legs. 
But they were playing a preseason game against the Spurs on Sunday. Alvin Gentry has said he thinks that's where this happened. So it's not that bad. But if you do remember, like less than 10 minutes into his summer league debut, he hit his knee up against somebody else and they shut him down completely and said it was just, you know, precautionary. They were just trying to be careful. And we remember what happened at Duke when the sneaker blew out. And then he missed three weeks with that. We haven't known Zion Williamson very long in sports. We haven't known him as a sports-watching public for very long. Media, we might have known about him a little bit longer than some of you. Some of you might have known about him longer than us. Because you follow AAU and, and things of that nature. But this is a guy who a large part of the future of the NBA rests in his hands because of what he can do from a marketing standpoint and how I feel like he has Shaq potential in him. Super likable, very similar to Shaq. Bright smile, bright kid, awesome power. Does things you just don't see guys able to do and has a natural aptitude for the game. In the preseason, he's averaging 23.3 and 6.5 and was shooting over 71% in less than 28 minutes on the floor. That's absurd. So I don't necessarily, like I said, I don't think it's going to dog him for his career. But it's a little frightening because, like I said, we haven't known him for very long and we already have three separate injuries that have forced him off the court. One in college and one in summer league and one in preseason. And there are a lot of television executives. I think it's 37. I'd have to double check it, but I believe that it was 37 nationally televised games this year for the New Orleans Pelicans. That is nearly half of their games being on national television because of Zion Williamson, because they know what we all know. When he's on TV, people watch him. Even those that say they're tired of hearing about him, watch him. He's scintillating. In much the same way, and I think it's really interesting because these guys that have gotten hurt over this past few days, Mahomes, scintillating. Zion, scintillating. Tua, scintillating. Very similar in how much you want to watch them do what it is that they do. Arguably number one in each one of their sports. Who's more electrifying in college football to watch than Tua when Tua's throwing down to Ruggs and Waddle and Jerry Judy and that crew? Maybe you say Trevor Lawrence, but I still think most people might say Tua is more exciting to watch. Nobody even close to Zion, especially with casual basketball fans. You know what I've said about John Morant. I think John Morant is going to end up with a better career than Zion, but I think both of them could be Hall of Famers. Now, if Zion can't stay on the floor and he does have to deal with injuries his whole career, I hope that's not the case. That may derail all of that, but nobody's more exciting to watch than Zion Williamson. And for sure, there's nobody else in the discussion with Patrick Mahomes in terms of what it is that he does as a quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this is the risk that you take When you see Zion and you immediately throw that many games out there, and I remember when that number was first announced that they were going to have nearly half their games nationally televised this season, the New Orleans Pelicans. 
that there was a risk. What if this guy gets injured? Who is going to watch the Pels? You've got the Pels and the Raps on Tuesday in TNT's opener. It's the defending champions without the guy that made it possible in Kawhi. Playing against, what, Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday? And then who was it that's going to replace Zion until he comes back? 28-year-old Italian Niccolo Melli, who came to New Orleans over the summer after a an overseas career in pro ball you know, in Europe that started in 2007. And contrary to the 23.7 that Zion averages, Melly gives you a cool 8.8 and 6. And then you've got some other guys. And of course, you've got Brandon. I mean, you've got some of these dudes from the Lakers. But I don't think that they were really burning up the charts last year either. And then, of course, the late game is Lakers and Clippers. And that's going to be just fine. That's going to be an excellent second game. I'll be in with Clay Travis on Monday, or I guess on Tuesday and Wednesday's programs, and I'll be hosting Thursday's show with Jeff Schwartz. And we will be, I would be surprised if we're not leading with that Clippers Lakers tilt on Wednesday's show. It would be something monumental in sports to knock that off. But if you're the NBA, and I don't, like I said, I don't want to get into this story. I've had opportunities for the last couple of shows to do this, and I just don't. I don't need to wade into the China thing. You have your take on it. I will say that LeBron James did himself no favors this week. Eventually, it'll be time to turn the page on LeBron as being this guy that makes the NBA go. And Zion is the candidate to make that happen. He's the guy that can be the one that accepts the torch from LeBron James and can carry the NBA into the next millennium in terms of new generation fans and things of that ilk. But if he's going to miss weeks, and we don't know how many weeks. I mean, he missed three with the sneaker incident at Duke. And then, of course, they shut him down for the summer, which who cares, really. And then this preseason deal, we don't know. Maybe he's back in two weeks. They said that he avoided a serious injury, but they're being real vague about how long he's going to be out. Last time we heard that, it was Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came back in, got hurt, and now he's out for a year. I'm not suggesting that's the case with Zion, by the way. I'm just saying, vague generally doesn't mean good things. But Alvin Gentry even said, look, it's not that bad. But he didn't travel against the Knicks on Friday. It was still a preseason game. And he's still getting testing done and all of these things. But he's super important to what's going on. And it's a bummer we're not going to get to see him on Tuesday, first of all. But if you're a television executive, how do you feel right now if you're staring down the gullet of like 15 Pels games and you're already looking at a trio of Zion Williamson injury concerns all this calendar year? That's the other thing. I talked about how we haven't known him for very long. All of these little things that have happened, have they've all happened in 2019. The shoe blew out in 2019. The Summer League 2019. Preseason 2019. All that's left is regular season and or playoffs. Or Olympics, because you could see him probably doing that too. None of this is good. I'm not going to say, hey, rate which one's worse, Tua, Patrick Mahomes, or Zion Williamson. I think the the NFL is in much better shape, even with Mahomes out, and the AFC is, is not very good, and they do need him there. I think the answer would be Zion if I did throw out a poll, but it's kind of a 
nasty poll to throw out there. NBA needs Zion Williamson. Sucks he's not going to be there. Television executives have to be beside themselves. TNT thought they had this awesome tilt on Tuesday because they were going to get Zion's debut. And instead, they're going to get the Pelicans and the Raptors, two markets that aren't going to draw crickets across much of this country before they get to their big L.A. versus L.A. clash. Let's get to L.A. ourselves, not for a clash, but for Brian Finley, and get a look at the latest in sports. B? Hey, thank you so much, Jason. Jose Altuve buzz kills the Yankees in the ALCS. The Astros socked a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth as Houston comes away with a 6-4 win to vanish the Yanks in six games. Altuve glad-handed as the ALCS MVP, and the Strohs and Nationals will meet for Game 1 of the World Series Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox TV. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. On the college football front, Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa suffered a high ankle sprain and top-ranked Bama's 35-13 bludgeoning of Tennessee. Alabama head coach Nick Saban reassured... Tua will likely miss only a week. Uh, number two LSU bombards Mississippi State 36-13. Joe Burrow threw four touchdown passes. He's got 29 TD tosses, sets a new single-season record for the program. Clemson and Oklahoma author blowout wins. Sixth-ranked Wisconsin barfs in Illinois' 24-23 win. Seventh-ranked Penn State belittles number 16 Michigan 28-21. Nitty Lions quarterback Sean Clifford had a hand in all four of his team's touchdowns. 13th-ranked Utah dismantles 17th-ranked Arizona State 21-3. And 15th-ranked Texas avoids embarrassment and overcomes Kansas 50-48. Thanks to a late field goal, Baylor and SMU both improved to 7-0. And Jason, a big win for your Vandy Commodores. I know they're not really your Vandy Commodores, but uh, that was pretty, pretty impressive to take down Mizzou. Back to you. I mean, after <laughs> you lose to UNLV, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not not bad at all. That was Missouri's first loss in the SEC, and good for Vanderbilt. The only problem, if you're a Commodores fan, is that's the kind of win that will convince a gutless, feckless university to keep a coach yeah. that doesn't deserve to still be there. As much as, look, that sounded really nasty, and that's because I'm evaluating based on business. I'm not evaluating based on the personality, because Derek Mason's as nice a guy as you could ever want, and a classy guy on top of that. But I'm not hiring that as the only prerequisites for my football coach. I need the guy to win games. And when you lose to UNLV in 2019 in football and not just lose to them, get summarily outplayed by them, then if it's me and I'm in that athletic department, that Missouri win is not going to change my mind as it relates to what's going to happen because I've seen this movie for far too long, dating back to Derek Mason, looked like a deer in the headlights in his debut against Temple. What was it, like four years ago at this point? It's been a long, long time. And Derek Mason's a great defensive coordinator, and I can't wait to see him do that at a dominant level for a big-time program once Vanderbilt finally gets off this bench that they've been sitting on far too long and gets the job done. But I don't really have an opinion on this subject. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. There are so many things that we could talk about in terms of 
just questions that need to be answered about the NFL. And we're going to get to the schedule in the third hour of the show. But when you look at the AFC, especially with Mahomes going down, I, I asked Jeff Schwartz this, and we you heard from him in the first hour. Outside of New England, who is it exactly that you believe in in the AFC? Like, I'm glad that I don't gamble. It's not something I believe in. But also, I'm glad that I don't do it because I'd pull my hair out trying to figure out what to do with the AFC. And I'm almost glad I got knocked out in Survivor Pool in the first week by going with the Jets over the Bills, which didn't pan out. But you think about this right now. Bills, Dolphins, Jets in that division. Well, we know what the Dolphins are doing. They're throwing a no-chance-it's-going-to-work two-point conversion to Kenyon Drake to make sure that they keep tank to 2019 going so that they can grab Tua, potentially, or whoever it is that they want, but a quarterback, one would think. The Jets, even if they rattle off some wins, do you really believe in them, believe in them, believe in them? The Bills are the Bills. I think the Bills are going to get into the postseason, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. The Ravens are flawed. We've seen that exposed over the past two, three weeks. The Bengals are not good. The Browns are every bit the volatile up-and-down powder keg I said they would be before the season. I have no idea where they're going to be in a month. The Steelers have major injury concerns, and they have major defense concerns, and they just have major I-don't-know-what-they're-doing concerns. The Texans might be the second-best team in the AFC if their offensive line can continue to hold up a little bit because Watson is every bit as good as many of us thought he would be coming out of Clemson. Still can't believe he was available for them when they got him. Now they need to find a way to protect him because right now they have a shot. And the Colts are not terrible either, and the Colts could easily get a wild card also. Jacksonville, I I mean, Minshew's come down to earth a little bit in the past couple of weeks. And the Ramsey trade happens. I don't know if that's addition by subtraction or not. The Titans, I mean, you got to be kidding me. No quarterback. Denver won the worst offenses we've ever seen. The Chiefs now Mahomesless for at least three weeks, maybe longer. The Chargers are two and four. Don't look very good. And are injury riddled as well. And then there's the Raiders who are second in that division in the AFC West. That's a bad conference right now. That is 16 teams where it's like, oh, well, so New England's going to the Super Bowl. Maybe you put the Chiefs second. Maybe you would put the Texans second. But who else would you actually buy stock in right now in the AFC other than the Patriots? I would say the answer is probably none of these teams. Now, the NFC is kind of wide open. There are a lot of pretty good teams that you could make a case for, and there are some that seem to be falling off a cliff where change is needed and it's probably not going to happen in time for this season to be salvaged. And then there's a couple of really bad football teams. But there's a lot to like about the The NFC's worth watching. The AFC right now is kind of, we're just watching to see who's going to lose to New England first, second, and third in the playoffs. And that's it. Or I guess first and second because it ain't like New England's playing a wild card game. So who is it that's going to get them last? Who's going to get them in the championship game? And maybe by then something has gone right and you have some opportunity. But I look at this and I'm just like, why are we even playing these games in the AFC? 
I mean, if they just handed the Patriots and just, hey, just go on to the Super Bowl. I was really hoping we were going to get something else, and I predicted KC and Dallas. I still think the Chiefs could get there. It depends, obviously, on Mahomes' health, but the Dallas thing, I don't know where that's going, but it's not going anywhere good right now. AFC's kind of a disaster in terms of watching it. I mean, we can sit there and watch it, but we're really just watching for second place, unless we're watching New England, which, let's be real, a lot of us have grown tired of that. And I say us, I guess, because I'm included in it, even though I like to watch them lose. It's not like I avoid watching them. I like to watch them lose, which I think is a testament to what they mean from an entertainment perspective. They will bring eyeballs the same way any great dynasty will, and they are going to the Super Bowl. I would say my Chiefs prediction is wrong. If Mahomes comes back and he's healthy and they go on a tear, they could get him. But you don't beat New England in Foxborough in January. We'll be right back. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play final segment second hour of three here on the jason martin show on fox sports radio we will break down the entire nfl slate coming up in the third hour of the program by we i mean me and my fine crew out in los angeles chris perfett eric roberts brian finley 877-99 on fox to reach us this is the fox sports radio studios brought to you by geico where we do this from and if you want to hear something amazing it is the cashback match program by Discover where they're going to match all the cashback you earn at the end of your first year automatically, and there's no limit to that. There's no reason to wait any longer. Go to the website. It's discover.com slash cashback match. So I want to do JMR's DVR here and tell you about Watchmen, but I may push that to the next segment because I saw Chris Perfett tweeting about Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola. 
during the break relative to some comments they made about the Marvel films. And so I researched it a little bit because I actually hadn't seen this. Earlier this month, Martin Scorsese, who, look, one of the greatest directors of all time, whether you like all of what he's done or not. I mean, he made Goodfellas and Taxi Driver and Gangs of New York and all sorts of great stuff. And he's also done some things that are not as good. But everybody has that on their resume. And, of course, Coppola did The Godfather and, well... He's done other stuff. He did Captain EO. I don't know that he wants you to remember that. And he's got another film coming out. He did Apocalypse Now, too. That one also needs to be mentioned. But they kind of took shots at Marvel. Now, I don't know the context of this, Chris. Do you know, was Scorsese asked about this, or did he come out and just say, these films are more theme parks than cinema? I believe he even was if they asked were well made. Yeah, I believe he was asked about it, and he wasn't really trying to play it down. This is a guy, but... It's just he I, I see where he's coming from because this is a guy who just made his career on trying to make popular move, move, uh, movies that are also intelligent. But no, he wasn't just coming out and taking a swing at Marvel. He was just saying, look, they're just they're just not my thing. They're not what I do. They're not a movie I am going to make. I am going to make it all. Yeah. Well, it looks like Coppola went further. Yeah. Coppola because, at this point just defending yeah. Scorsese, it looks like. So he's just coming out swinging harder. Yeah, well, he swung real hard. He said, Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. When Martin Scorsese says the Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. Okay, this is where I want to stop here. We can talk about the pretentiousness all we want. As it relates to art and people that do art, a lot of them do this, whether it's painting, whether it's sculpture, whether it's film, whatever it is. And you're entitled to like what you want, dislike what you want. I don't know why you need to punch at Marvel if you're a Francis Ford Coppola here, but I'm sure that some of the Marvel fans came at Martin Scorsese. These are not the same audiences, first of all. I love the Marvel films. I'm also a film critic, and I see you know independent stuff and write about all sorts of things. I just enjoy the Marvel films for what they are. The critique that they're all basically the same movie is not incorrect. But when you find something that works and people continue to enjoy it and then you're making a billion dollars off of Endgame, I don't know really what else you're supposed to do there. But I will say this. When he writes or when he says, we expect to learn something from cinema, we expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration... That's bullcrap. What we expect mainly out of movies, maybe you're different, is to be entertained. If we're enlightened along the way, fantastic. But ultimately, we just want the time that we spend and the money that we spend to be well spent. We want to have fun. We might want to laugh. We might get that out of toilet humor. We might get that out of high art. You never know. It's all subjective taste. But... We aren't going to the movies to be enlightened. That comes from someone who believes he's so smart that he has something that he can teach me and impress upon me that's going to change my life because what he does is so friggin' important. No. My wife's a pediatrician. What she does is important. What you do is make entertainment that I spend money on. Final hour of the program. Glad to have you with us wherever you are across the country. We're live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. 
I am Jason Martin. This is the Jason Martin Show. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone, 877-99 on Fox to reach us. Eric Roberts, Christopher Fett, Brian Finley, the trifecta spinning the Dodge Radio style for me out in Radio Land. Doing a great job as always. World Series is set. Astros, who was my pick before the season started, which makes me feel good considering how little baseball I've actually seen this season. Not going to lie about it. I just don't talk about it very much on the radio. And you only have so many hours in which to devote to the things you are going to talk about. But Astros and Nationals, which makes me sick as a Braves fan. Nationals getting in, but maybe that will be entertaining. I still believe the Astros will be your World Series champions. And I will take a bow just because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm just kidding. I won't. I did pick him before the season, though. Anyway. So I talked about this actually in Nashville on the show that I do here on Fox Sports Radio affiliate WGFX-FM, and I did it on Wednesday. And I kind of want to lay it out for the national audience here quickly, maybe in more of a truncated fashion than when I have more time to devote to it. Next segment, our lengthy segment there, we're going to go through the entire slate of Sunday games and the Monday night football game and pick them, everybody on staff here on the show So stick around for that, and then I'll finish up the show, and we'll talk about Watchmen. Here's what Marcus Mariota said on Wednesday. He was asked a question by local media, and he said, Until the day that I die, I'm going to believe I gave it all I got. No matter what, I can learn and grow from this situation. This isn't going to bring me down. This isn't going to end my career. I had an opportunity to play, but I didn't make the most of it. I'm going to learn and grow from it. And when I heard that, I immediately saw two things that stood out. He starts out by saying, until the day that I die, I'm going to believe I gave it all I got. And then one, two, three, four sentences later, he says, I had an opportunity to play, but I didn't make the most of it. Those two statements are contradictory. Because if you gave it all you got then you did make the most of your opportunity. And what's funny is, I believe him. I believe that the number two draft pick coming out of Oregon in his fifth season, who's dealt with a bunch of pretty tough injuries, especially the one Christmas Eve 2016, I believe that he did give all that he had. I believe he believes he gave all he had, and I believe he did give all he had. And if that's true, then I think you have made the most of your opportunity. Maybe some things outside of your control have been out of your control, but you've done all that you can do. But I don't even want to think of him as contradictory here. I want you to apply this to your own life, wherever it is that you're listening to this. How many times has something happened in your life where you just desperately want clarity and you don't have it. And so you go around in circles with the same options, trying to find out or figure out what actually makes sense in whatever the scenario is. That's what Marcus Mario is doing right now. He's trying to figure out why this did not go down the way that he thought it was going to. The way he dreamed it would go, and even though I don't think he's some like 
naive human being. I mean, he's had a lot of people tell him he's great for a long period of time, and he ran into a situation where maybe he hit the ceiling. A whole lot of people tweeted me and suggested, oh, if he could just go somewhere else. As if it's the organization's fault completely that he has not been maybe what his biggest proponents assumed he would be. And I said, when are people going to realize that maybe this actually is who he is? Maybe this is the ceiling. Maybe he has maximized his ability, as he said. Because here's what I want you to think about. And you can apply this to everything in your life, your children's lives, your spouse's lives, anybody famous's life, whatever. Just because you gave it your all, just because you gave it everything you had, that does not necessarily mean that you're going to be successful at that thing. Example. I could have spent my entire life doing nothing but trying to dunk a basketball and make it to the NBA. I could have done nothing since I was five years old but dribble a basketball. And I might still not have ever even gotten to college. I mean, look at the statistics of what it takes to even get to college and play basketball or play football, much less the pros. Just because you work hard doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed. Because maybe what you've chosen isn't what you were meant to do. I believe we were all put here and we were all meant to do something. I also don't think that all of us get to choose what that something is. Because I would say the toughest part of life is that we don't know what's going to happen. And I would also say that the greatest thing about life is that we don't know what is going to happen. Because if everything was spoiled, then why would we watch? Why are you so upset if somebody spoils a movie or a book or a television show or something like that that you were hoping to see? Because it's taking all the joy out of it. It's the unpredictability, the adaptability, the survivability, the reliability, the dependability, whatever it is, That's what makes life worth living, the little successes, and sometimes the big successes. Me, and certainly you're entitled on your side, but me, I believe I'm not in control of much of what happens. So I work hard, and I listen, and I read, and I try to gain more wisdom, and I hope to be smarter today than I was yesterday. But for Marcus Mariota, he's just mentally trying to understand why this has not worked. Dennis Leary, back before he was doing Rescue Me and TV and all these things, he was a stand-up comic first and foremost. And he had a famous special called No Cure for Cancer. And in that special, he talks about how a lot of people go to therapy for no reason. Now, this is not making light of that at all. Because mental health is, a, is an issue and it's something that if you have that, then hopefully you do have the right support system around you and you're taking care of yourself. But a lot of people at the time he was doing this special, 
we're going to see therapists. And this was the joke. The crux of the joke was they were going to see therapists because they weren't happy. And so he extrapolates that further and he says, I'm just not happy because my life didn't turn out the way I thought it would. And then he immediately says, yeah, exactly. Life sucks. I thought I was going to be the starting center fielder for the Boston Red Sox. Life sucks. Get a helmet. And he used some words I'm not going to use in there. And that's what it is. I mean, when you grew up, it's not like when you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? You were like, I want to be, and then you can just insert some menial job here. Nobody is going to say, yeah, I want to be a mediocre astronaut. I want to be a teacher's assistant. And none of the, by the way, there's no disrespect to these jobs. I'm just saying when you're asked, you want to be the president. If you want to be in politics, you want to be the president. I want to be the, be summa cum laude at Harvard Law School. I want to be a crime fighter, superhero, all of that kind of thing. But like I told you, I could have done nothing but tried to dunk a ball, nothing but dribble, and I might not have even made the varsity team in high school. Because the Peter Principle tells us that eventually you have risen to a level in your company, your organization, whatever, where you have to stop because there is a relative level of incompetence. I'm not saying Mariota is incompetent. I'm saying that Marcus Mariota may have reached his peak, which is he's all right. But you can't really depend on him, and the injuries have made that a whole lot worse. But back to the point about clarity. Throughout much of the last two years, two and a half years of my life, and maybe even longer, but as faith has really dictated my decision-making over the last couple of years, more so than ever, I asked for and prayed for clarity in my professional life and in my personal life because I wanted to know the end of the story. I wanted to know if my team, figuratively here, was going to win in the end in whatever the situation was at that point or if we were going to lose. That's what Mariota's doing, and I think that's probably what a lot of us are doing in our lives, is we are searching for clarity. But Marcus is like, why has this happened? Why has this not gone the way I thought it was going to? Why have I not won the Super Bowl yet? Why has what I assumed and what was in my head when I was drafted, why has that not played out? And you think about, you just want answers. You want to be able to pinpoint some cause. It's why the scariest thing in America is the unsolved violent crime. Because that person could be out there and you don't know where they're coming from and you don't know if the person that walks past you might actually be that person. You can keep your Friday the 13th, I mean I like the Jason films, but you can keep the Nightmare on Elm Streets and all of those kinds of things that are completely implausible. But the things that stick with me are things like the strangers. When there's no real motive, when there's nothing concrete to explain why this thing has happened that's so heinous or so troubling or so problematic. And in the strangers, which still is unsettling. The rationale for why they decided to terrorize and, you know, do what they did to this family when they were asked was because you were home. There is no more terrifying 
thing that I may have ever heard in a film than that. Even anything that Hannibal Lecter said. Same reason that one of the two or three scariest scenes I've ever seen in a movie was in David Fincher's Zodiac in the second killing that the Zodiac killer engages in with that couple on the picnic in the park when he just walks up on the hill and stabs them all to death or stabs them both to death because there's no reason for him to do it. He's just doing it because he can. That's frightening. We want, because there is security in knowing who to blame. There is security in knowing what the excuse actually is. And the problem, I think, for Marcus Mariota is that he's just not been good enough to continue in the job. I believe that he's given it all that he's got. And I believe that this is true for other athletes as well. And maybe you know some of these folks. That you thought, you've seen these guys. You went to high school, and whoever you're starting, maybe you were lucky enough to go to a a high school that won a state championship, right? And so there's a quarterback that played for him. He was a real athlete. He ran for a lot of touchdowns, threw for a couple, but he just willed his way to a state title. And there seemed to be a lot of talent around him, but man, this guy was awesome. He's going to be the next Bo Jackson. And then that dude ends up playing for like, a Division three school and never gets off the bench and you don't understand. It's like, dude, he was a natural. What happened? What happened was he hit the relative level of his talent and then he was exposed at that step. Wherever that step is on the ladder or the one leading from the basement to the next floor of the house, you take a certain amount of steps and eventually your leg gives out and you're done. And you usually find that out and then you move on to what it is that you're better at because ultimately what we're all hoping for in life is to find the top step that we can find in something where we can succeed, make a living, provide for our families, and hopefully enjoy ourselves along the way. And I'm saying that I think that for the most part, in the case of Mariota, and you can apply this to other quarterbacks in the league as well that aren't getting it done, it might have been a Heisman Trophy at Oregon. And then a eight or nine win quarterback in the NFL. It's not bad and is an amazing human being who you would love, you know, who you love to death, who you would just kill to have as a face of your franchise. But you can't afford to do it if you actually want to win football games at the highest level. So I don't think he was contradictory at all. I think he's searching for answers that don't exist because eventually the answer he is going to come to is the one that I just told you, which is he did make the most of his opportunity. He did give it all that he had. Him saying both of those two things, but saying he didn't make the most of his opportunity, that makes all the sense in the world, even though it sounds like nonsense. It makes all the sense in the world because Marcus Mariota can't make any sense in the world of what's gone wrong right now in his pro career. I feel sympathy for him. I feel sorry for him because it's a tough spot to be in and it is a lonely place to be in when you can't get an answer and you can't change the reality around you. And the reality is today, most of you on Red Zone, I imagine you're not going to actually be watching this game start to finish. You're going to see Ryan Tannehill suit up for the Tennessee Titans. When we come back, we'll break down that game and the rest of the NFL schedule as we do every week.
in this segment. And we'll bring in the crew and we'll see whether or not we got some things right. And I've got some mea culpas to give out as well. That's up next here on the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play welcome back fox sports radio studios brought to you by geico love this tune track five off of ten black also love discover they match all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much they'll match millions of people a year getting their cash back match discover cash back match what are you waiting for learn more discover.com slash cash back match all right well one game's in the books kansas city crush denver denver has one of the worst offenses i've ever seen they're my team i didn't want joe flacco i now don't want john elway i guess i haven't wanted him in that job in a while he's my favorite player ever Peyton manning's i guess one b on that list but i mean flacco who thought this is going to go well other than elway i'm not even sure joe flacco thought that this was going to go well but it's really really bad but Let's take a look at all of the matchups as we do at this time. Every week on the program, we bring in the crew as well. All the microphones are wide open, and they can speak as well. We'll begin with the Rams at the Falcons. I don't think this is going to be very good at all. Maybe it will be because the Rams are struggling, to say the least. They desperately need a win. I said last week they needed a win more than anybody in the league, and not only did they not get a win, they pretty much got destroyed, and certainly Jared Goff's confidence got destroyed. 49ers defense is legit I don't know how good Jimmy Garoppolo is but I know he's working just fine with Kyle Shanahan in that system and they are a very dangerous team and they have a tomato can that they're playing against we'll get to that but 
Rams at Falcons. I think the Rams are finally going to get themselves right against one of the worst defenses in the league and a coach that's probably on borrowed time in Atlanta. I thought Atlanta had a good chance to win that division coming in. I don't think that anymore with only one win to show for it. So I got the Rams pretty easily here. Anybody disagree? No, that sounds right on cue. I mean, they need one. They need one bad. They definitely need one, especially in that division, because they're third currently with only Arizona behind them. Miami at Buffalo. That's your Bills, Eric. Uh, I don't think this one is a tough call. And I don't really think we need to belabor it too much. Miami, I will ask you this. On the two-point conversion when they threw to Kenyon Drake uh, on the little flare deal where there were four Redskins around him, do you think that that was very clearly, we want a smokescreen to make this look like we're not trying to lose this game? I hope so, because if, if that was an actual legit attempt at a two-point conversion, there's there's something even more wrong in this whole scenario than if that was an actual legit attempt because that looked just uh, some schoolyard ball that just fell apart completely. So you feel pretty good, I would imagine, about your bills today. <laughs> you would think so, but it's Buffalo. So Buffalo could Buffalo themselves. And I don't know, man, coming out of a bye week, I just it would be a really a Bills thing to do to, to, to lose the Dolphins tomorrow. And then Fitzpatrick starting, and it feels like every year – there's a little bit of Fitz magic, and he'll he strings together a couple weird wins to get people talking about him. And I just hope it's not a Bills loss to get this train rolling again this year. Chris and or Brian, anybody want to jump on that on that Miami limb and say the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills? Because I'm not going to be there with you. I I can't do it. I'm more interested, if anything, in the uh, Vegas side of things because I think the Bills are a 17 point favorite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Bills but can score 17. points. I was about so. to say I don't think they've scored yeah. more than 18 points in a game yeah. this season. I don't yet. think they have. They haven't allowed more than 17 against either. So that's how that's the recipe for success for them this year. Keep it close and tight, and then hopefully the offense can find enough points to pull out a win. So they're probably much well. the same tomorrow. Yeah, well, Titans defense only giving up 15.3 points per game. They're two and four. And that's why you just benched a starting quarterback. Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Jacksonville, the Jalen Ramsey train has moved its way. We didn't even mention that when we talked about the Rams. Rams are going for broke right now. Their salary is not set up very well for them to have this going on for very long. They're going to lose some guys in order to try to make this work, especially with this golf contract. Cincinnati's just not good. Jacksonville's defense, Ramsey or not, should be enough to get it done. But Minshew has, and Jeff Schwartz said this in the first hour of the show, over the past few weeks, Minshew has kind of come down to earth just a little bit. This is a game that I think Cincinnati could win on the road. I just don't think they have enough weapons against Jacksonville's defense to score. This is probably going to be a pretty ugly football game. I'm not sure if I've even seen a, a Bengals highlight this year. To be honest, to be any. completely honest, I'm not sure if I've seen a touchdown from a Bengals player this year. The only highlight wasn't a highlight. It was just a replay of A.J. Green not being able to play because mm-hmm. he got hurt. That's sad, but it's absolutely yeah, true. Yeah, there's not been, not been very many Bengals headlines getting circulated on Sunday mornings this year. How big is this Minnesota at Detroit game, Chris? Uh, really big for, for both teams. For Minnesota to kind of get back on track, they've been – Looking a little better the last couple weeks. For the Detroit Lions, you've you've got to get the Green Bay game and the officiating out of your head and get back on this because uh, the Vikings and the Packers are going to have the Chiefs coming up without Patrick Mahomes. 
after the Lions had to play them. And they're going to, like, if you don't get the win today, you could see the Packers start to separate themselves from the NFC North Pack. It's it's a four-man race right now, but for Detroit, if you want to stay competitive, you've got to, this is your turf, you're at home, you've got to get a division win. And this one feels like one they're not going to get. I'm just, I got quiet there because I, I don't know. Like I, mean, I think they could win, but I think there's there, there's going to be a hangover following what happened on Monday night. Yeah, I mean it's it's short rest. There's definitely still some anger in the air that I've that I've seen from from watching the Lions and covering them. But I I I just don't know how much I can really trust Kirk Cousins week in and week out. Is is my main qualm with this game? Like the Lions have shown they can game plan around a lot of guys, but. I don't know. I, I know there's some stats out there that Jonas Knox on the networks talks about when it comes to Kirk Cousins and certain uh, time periods during yes. the day. He plays better. So, and this seems to be his prime time right here, but we'll see. I, I just, I don't know if I'm ready to say, yeah, I trust Kirk Cousins leading the Minnesota Vikings in Ford Field. Like, that's not something I can really jump on right now. You talked about the Packers. The Packers are hosting the Raiders. The Raiders, who are second in the division, they've got a running game because Jacobs has been really good. Carr has been good enough. Gruden has shown some of why they wanted to bring him into that role, at least as a head coach. I still feel like this is smoke and mirrors. I still don't feel like Oakland is there quite yet. But then you look at, I don't know, because it's at Lambeau, I feel a little bit better. LaFleur's doing just fine. I still have my doubts about that but there's not going to be any Devonte adams he is out again today they should have lost to detroit on monday and did not i don't know that that means that they're right for an upset i don't think oakland will beat them on the road i just don't see the raiders having quite enough to go to lambeau in that environment and beat aaron Rodgers. so i think green bay's probably going to win which is unfortunate for lions fans everywhere Uh, because you're right Chris after what they did on Monday they might be able to separate themselves another division matchup is Houston at Indy two best teams in the AFC South and it's Brissett and it's Deshaun Watson and Watson right now is making an MVP case there are probably two the top two candidates for MVP right now are probably Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson this is another one of those moments where Watson against a good Indianapolis defense has a chance on the road to really stand out. It's also a chance for his offensive line to let him down, him to get sacked six or seven times, and us to be fearing for his health before the end of the ball game. The Colts are really good, and that's not an easy place to play. I trust Frank Reich a lot more than I trust Bill O'Brien, especially when it counts. I think Houston is the better team certainly they have the better quarterback and i love ty hilton but i think hopkins is one of the two best wideouts in football i think the colts probably win this game at home over houston because houston's looked a little too good over the past few weeks that's a team that kind of ebbs and flows and this seems to be one of those moments where they're going to be in the valley rather than on the peak but I think it's going to be one of the best games, if not the best game of the early slate and the one that we'll probably be paying attention to in the fourth quarter. How do you guys see this one playing out? It always feels like the South divisions get a little wonky at certain times of the year, like things get a little upside down when teams, and it just feels like a, uh, one of those turning point games where 
the the whichever result will result in things being a little tighter and a little more uncomfortable for the team that should win, like the Texans in this situation. So probably the Colts will probably walk out with a win and everything will get a little tighter in the AFC South and we'll all be pointing back to a game, this game, like, oh, they let one slip by when they're in Indy back in Week 7. So I'm, I'm thinking the Colts. I like Jacoby Brissett, honestly. So Yeah, so do I. So do I. I think he could start for a lot of teams in the league. Well, maybe not a lot, but he could definitely start for more than just this team because there was a spot open. There's probably 10 teams in the league. He would be better than who they have right now. And, and I mean, at his experience level. And I think if he has a chance, he could be very good. Arizona at New York Giants. Saquon Barkley's back. I think the receivers are back. Uh, Daniel Jones has shown some rookie stuff, and he's shown some stuff that you like. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury... They've gotten a little bit better, but I still don't know how much I trust the Kingsbury offense, even though they have made some adjustments that you like. I don't like either one of these two teams. I could see either one of them winning because I don't know what the home field advantage is for the New York Giants in 2019. I tend to, I don't know, I'm looking at a lot of home teams and liking them today. So I, can Arizona go on the road to beat New York? I'm going to say they will. I'm going to say that Kyler Murray will beat the Giants today. I don't think Daniel Jones will be the cause. I don't think he will look bad. I just, for some reason, think that Arizona will be able to outscore New York if they have to. You guys disagree with this one, I bet. Um, it, it, I think, I mean, obviously, a lot of it will depend on Saquon's ability to come back and perform. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to agree with you. I've kind of liked how Kyler Murray's been playing lately, and he's actually kind of developed a little bit of a, a connection here with Larry. And I, I like his, he's he's dropped some right into the bear basket for Larry. So I'm going to, I'll go with you on this one. I like, I like the Cardinals on the road. Yeah, I think as the season goes on, more and more we are going to see Kyler Murray grow into the quarterback they want him to be in Arizona. It's just, you know, he. You throw him in week one where he first time he doesn't even get a chance to learn on the sideline, there's going to be some growing pains. But I think he's he's adapted fairly well in Arizona. I could see it's – I'd have to see another year out of it, but I'm starting to believe into what they want to accomplish in Arizona with Murray and Kingsbury. You picked Houston over Kansas City. Credit to you for that. Yep. I want to make sure that I mentioned that. I just did not see that one coming at all, but – it played out basically exactly like you thought it would, and then unfortunately what happened Thursday means we don't know what to make of Kansas City for the next three or four weeks at the very least. San Francisco is going to kill Washington. Do we even need to say any more than that? Six games undefeated is not some somewhere I thought the 49ers would be at the start of the year at all. No, no, definitely not. Best team in the NFC right now. Washington is Washington. Whoever's playing quarterback for them, uh, I think Callahan is still in that role. Uh, you never know if the interim coach has been replaced or not. That's how little I'm paying attention to what the Washington NFL team is doing right now. So the 49ers are going to win that one easily. Late afternoon kickoffs here in Nashville, because it's the Chargers, they're doing the late kickoff even here in the central time zone. Uh, Chargers visiting the Titans. Two, two and four teams. Ryan Tannehill making his first start for the Titans against Phillip Rivers. The Chargers were expected to be a wild card at the very least. A team that made the playoffs last year and looked pretty good. 
have not looked good, have dealt with a lot of injuries. I picked on the, the show on Nashville. I thought Tennessee would upset the Chargers because the Chargers are coming west to east. They just seem to be a team that's ripe to show up and play lackadaisical football. And this game to be such a boring watch because that's what the Tennessee Titans are. And somehow eking out a win that's completely unimpressive. I certainly think the Chargers are probably a better football team when all is going right, but all is not going right. And I just don't sense that that's going to change against the Titans' defense that's not even giving up 16 points a game. Am I crazy for thinking that maybe having Tannehill in means they're going to feed Derrick Henry more and maybe that helps out the Titans here in the short term? I mean, certainly the more Derrick Henry has the ball, the better. Tannehill's also not going to take as many sacks as Marcus because he gets the ball out of his hands a little bit better. But he's still Ryan Tannehill, who's 31 years old, who the Dolphins clearly realized wasn't going to take them anywhere. He's a capable player who at times has played pretty good in his career. So I don't think you're wrong about that. I think Derrick Henry should be getting 25 carries a game right now, personally. But if you saw him against Denver last week, they couldn't block for him to save their life. And you heard Jeff kind of joking about that and saying, yeah, but they're really good on Twitter, kind of mocking Taylor Lewan, and then saying, yeah, and I hear they're really good podcast also, but basically not very good at football. Um, I just, for some reason, think Tennessee wins an ugly game against the Chargers. This is losers probably out of it when it comes to it. And I've already said, I think the Titan season is over. The loss to Buffalo and then what happened at Denver, you're just not coming back from that. This is not a team that's going to go on that kind of a roll, not with their schedule. They've got the Saints. They've got the Chiefs. Uh, It's just, it ain't going to be in the cards for them. I don't think anyway. But I think Tennessee will beat the Chargers. New Orleans at Chicago is very interesting. Bridgewater didn't look great last week. Chicago, rumor has it, Trubisky might be playing today. So, I don't know what that means. We know, like, look at it from a unit perspective. Of the four units, the offense and defense of those four teams, who do you trust the most? Well, you would trust the Bears' defense, first and foremost. It's at Chicago, New Orleans, colder temperature outside, not really their makeup. Kamara's banged up as well. This feels like the Bears should win this game unless Trubisky finds a way to lose it for him. I just feel like the defense will do enough here and the Bears will get this win on the road. But it, on paper, this is a great game. And then you look at it and you realize who's not playing in it. And you're just like, ah, this isn't what they had envisioned at the beginning of the year. But I think the Bears get this one done. How do you guys feel about this one? Yeah, I feel like it's a very similar situation as I was talking about the Bills earlier. It's like the the defense will keep you in games and try to keep it as tight as possible and just hope the offense doesn't throw up on themselves like they have in the past. Um, I think I'm going to lean, lean with the Saints, though. I, I, I just like, I, I don't know, I don't have any faith in, in the Bears' offense, and I just think that they're gonna, they've kind of started to stumble, and I don't see the fortitude in some of this team that's gonna, that can kind of right the ship before it gets kind of... It goes south. Maybe I'm crazy, yeah. but I've sold all my stock on Trubisky actually last year. Oh, and you're not crazy about that at all. No, but that's what I think. Like I think him coming back is like, okay, great. It feels like he's going to give away this game for them. And kind of the same problem is Chicago doesn't really know what to do with their run game. I was a believer in Tariq Cohen way back, but I don't think they really have a premier back. Meanwhile, at least like, I feel like Bridgewater – with Michael Thomas is at least something you can depend on to just get something rolling, even through a Bears offense. So I I don't know I I I just I can't trust the Bears here in this spot. 
You know what would be interesting? If Teddy Bridgewater was playing for the Bears, the Bears might be like a one-loss team that people are looking at as a contender. That's how great that defense is. You don't have to have Patrick Mahomes on the Bears to win the Super Bowl there with that defense. All you have to have is somebody competent, which says a lot about Mitchell Trubisky. I'll tell you who is competent. Brian Finley. Let's hit him up one more time real quickly. Get a look at the latest in sports, including the World Series matchup is set. That is right, Jason. Yankees pitcher, our oldest Chapman, watched hopelessly from the mound as Jose Altuve pounced on his hanging breaking ball, sending it into the seats in the bottom of the ninth to to catapult the Astros to a 6-4 win and eliminate New York in the ALCS. But Altuve refused to take all the credit. I was just thanking God for the opportunity to go to another World Series. And thanks everybody in the ballpark because you guys are the bigger reason why we're here. And my teammates, my teammates, they're the MVPs of the game. All of this after Altuve signed with the Astros for $15,000 as an undrafted free agent in 2007. Alabama quarterback Tua Tungavailoa suffered a high ankle sprain in top-ranked Bama's 35-13 beatdown of Tennessee. Bama head coach Nick Saban concluded Tua will likely miss a week. It's October, which means it's Geico Ween. Get a Geico quote and you could save so much it's scary. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Number two LSU emasculates Mississippi State 36-13. Joe Burrow threw four touchdowns. Sixth-ranked Wisconsin barfs in Illinois' 24-23 win by a last-second field goal. Seventh-ranked Penn State punctures number 16 Michigan 28-21. Then the Lions quarterback Sean Clifford had a hand in all four of his team's touchdowns. BYU holding their own versus number 14 Boise State 28-25 as the Cougars convert on fourth and one in their own territory late to lock up the win. And finally, 15th-ranked Texas. Texas avoids shame and embarrassment by overcoming Kansas of all teams, 50 to 48, thanks to a late field goal. Back to Jason Martin in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Thanks, B. Have a good week. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier still three games to go here for our preview we'll do those when we come back pretty quickly and then i I can't really say what i realized is i can't say much about watchmen yet because anything i say is going to spoil this thing and it's not just because look it's even if you've read the graphic novel it does not matter uh this is something unique in that it, it exists in the same universe and with something again, I just I don't want to say too much about it. So we I will finish off the show and tell you, but I can go ahead and tell you this right now. I believe, and you can mark this down, that within a couple of weeks, this is what everybody is going to be talking about, and this is going to be widely regarded as the water cooler show on television. I think that it has I don't know that it has Game of Thrones potential, but it's got legs that tells me it's a lot of people that you know are going to start saying it's the best show on tv almost immediately and the first 12 minutes will hook you unlike anything you've seen in a long long time we'll be right back we will get to the other three games and i'll say a little bit more about this jason martin show finishing up here on sunday morning here on fox sports radio final segment short one here on fox sports radio fox sports sunday Andy Furman, Brian No coming up next. Stick with us wherever you are. And glad to have you with us as well. Want to hear something amazing? Discover. They're matching all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. There's no limit to how much they'll match. 
Millions of people a year getting their cashback match. That's right, Zach De La Roca. It's Discover Cashback Match. What are you waiting for? The Bulls are on parade. Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. Couple more games we didn't get to in that last segment. Baltimore at Seattle. Baltimore, the Blooms off the roads a little bit there. Still a pretty good team. Seattle's won some close games. Seattle at home still is Seattle at home. The defense is not maybe what it was years ago. Russell Wilson's the MVP of the league if I had a vote today. I have a hard time believing the Ravens are going to go to Seattle and beat them. Two good coaches, though. I like Carroll, and I like John Harbaugh. I'll take the home team in a really close one and probably an intriguing football game in the afternoon. How do you guys feel about this one? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I like I like the Seahawks. I think, I think they're better than people give them credit for right now, so I'll take them there. Philly at Dallas, night game. Not a good division right now. Ooh, this one's rough, man. It is. I mean, Dallas was missing their top two wideouts last week, but Zeke doesn't look right. You heard Jeff in the first hour. We had Jeff Schwartz here on the program. Another reason why you shouldn't miss a second of Fox Sports Radio. You're going to miss great expert analysis. And he said, look, it looks like Jason Garrett's taking back over the offense all of a sudden. That's not good news. Not at all. Dak Prescott doesn't look very good right now. The Philly defense is a disaster. I don't know how to call this. I thought Dallas was going to the Super Bowl, so I guess I'm picking them just to keep my pick alive, but I don't feel real good about it right now. I feel like Dallas at home, under the lights, probably wins. This story with uh, Carson Wentz and and people talking behind him, too, is incredibly weird. Uh, yeah, I'll just take I'll take Dallas since they're at home, but like this is a really weird game for so many reasons. And even though the Jets with Darnold and you like that, a little bit better it makes the monday night game a little bit more appetizing patriots are going to beat the jets on the road they just are maybe it'll be a close game hopefully it will be here's my thoughts on watchman first off follow me on twitter at jmartzone i write about it i'll be writing about it weekly and i believe i've been talked into hosting a weekly podcast about the series i'm telling you i believe it will be the hit it will be the biggest show on television relatively quickly after it premieres set your dvr or whatever uh plan to watch it starts tonight on hbo within the first 12 minutes you'll be hooked you will be riveted and wondering what is to come next stellar regina king probably going to win an emmy for it at some point also jeremy irons don johnson don't miss it we'll see you next week on fox sports radio at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.